Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. Boy, oh boy, am I excited about this episode. This is the recording from our GCM Live event we, that happened November 3rd with Cat Lee and Winter Pitts. And I am smiling ear to ear because I just listened to a little bit and I was taken back to a beautiful evening with so many wonderful ladies where God showed up and did more than I could have imagined. It was such a great time of mentorship, friendship, and discipleship, which were totally my goals. I think for me, you know, I always wanted someone to come knock on my door and be like, hi, I hear that you're a young mother and I would like to mentor you and teach you all the ways. And it never happened. And it was a little disappointing. My aunt just kind of would say to me like, oh, she's going to be just fine. You know, just things that she would just say and she would just say, she's just frustrated. She's like, she's just frustrated because she already knows what she wants and she can't tell you. Or just these little things that, and she would just take the baby and let me go for a nap. Like, and that was a big deal to me. I would drive an hour and a half from my home to somebody else's house to take a nap. You're saying like, now that you have older kids, you could offer like, some I'll mom. let you take a nap. Come take a nap at my house. Mm. A short nap. Can I come take a, a nap? <laughs> Will you watch the four boys and I, I can take a nap? I think you fall into the older mom category. <laughs> but they fight and they're loud. Okay. I feel like the topic of Don't Mom Alone resonated with every woman there. What a gift to be reminded that with a mentor, with friends, with God in us and with us, we never mom alone. And you can continue remembering that message. The gals there loved the tees and the sweatshirts we were selling with this message, Don't Mom Alone, on them. If you want to get your own, you didn't miss out, check out my Instagram and Facebook. They're both God Center Mom. And you can get your own uh, tee or sweatshirt starting at 8 o'clock Tuesday, November 14th. We also had a super fun time eating yummy desserts and celebrating four years of the podcast. Four years, y'all. Four years. Thank you for listening. Whether you've only been listening for a couple episodes, this may be your first episode. But thank you to all of you who tell your friends. So many women came up to me that night and said, I heard about your podcast from my friend so-and-so. And it's changed the way I do this motherhood thing. It's changed my relationship with God. And to him be all the glory. I also want to take a second and thank the sponsors who helped make this event happen. Each gal received a swag bag, and in that bag, they got a Focus 15 Bible study by Katie Orr. You can listen to Katie on episode 101. They also received a virtue card from Courtney DeFeo. You can hear her on episodes 50 and 131. They each got a different book from the generous donation of Ravel and Baker Books. So many of their authors have been on the show. Cat Lee, our guest, she gave everyone access to the first chapter of her book and a coupon for her Hello Mornings shop. Go check out Cat Lee's other episode, episode 41. My friend Cynthia Thomas gave everyone a print, a Don't Mom Alone print, and there was a generous donation from Cultivate What Matters. They gave every attendee a Write the Word journal, which if you haven't checked out, please do. It's a perfect gift you could give someone this holiday season where they can write scripture down. What a legacy for your children to have scripture in your handwriting. You can write down prayers. You can write down your thoughts. You can just draw if that's that's how you connect with God. Uh, it's very free form, but there is structure, not so much structure that you feel guilt. Pick it up when you want. 
uh, and just enjoy God's word and taking a second to dwell on it. Go check out Laura Casey's interview, episode 146. Also, we had generous giveaways from Mary Flo Ridley and Megan Michelson of Birds and Bees. They gave away a couple discussion guides and hats. You can check out their episodes, episode 25 and 153. I am putting all of this in the show notes if you can't write it down. Uh, We also had a giveaway from uh, Star from Afar. They gave a nativity set. Their Star from Afar is nativity set where the wise men go and look for the star each day that you've hidden. It's an alternative to Elf on the Shelf. You can hear more about that in episode 142 where we talk about Christmas ideas you can do with your kids. Waterloo style Honestly, I wear my leather feather earrings almost every day because Heather, feather, weather, together, leather, it works. Uh, my friend Amber is good friends with one of the gals that started Waterloo, and so they donated several pairs, I think three or four pairs of earrings that we got to give away. Uh, the Anchor of Hope box, they gave a box away. It's a box of amazing artisan created goodies that you have a subscription and you get a box every month and these ladies who make this stuff have been rescued from trafficking uh, they've been given something to do with their time and given a way to make money for their family it's a great thing to check out anchor of hope thomas lettering also gave everyone uh gave a little giveaway not everyone she gave everyone the print of Don't Mom Alone, and then she gave a, a necklace and earrings and a journal that were so cute. Rad Joy, thank you for the cross, the surrender cross, and the 31 days of prayer, the prayer booklet. And then our guests, Alina and Winter Pitts, gave away a little packet of Winner's Book, She Is Yours, which you'll hear about in this episode. Hello, stars, and your God's Girl coloring book. You can check out all these goodies for yourself if you go to the show notes over at GodCenterMom.com. Calm. After we uh, talked about the giveaways and had a little fun there, we were blessed with a performance from Alina Pitts, and I wanted to share it with you now. So without further ado, here's Alina singing Even If It Hurts by Hillsong United. Take these ocean 
get some talent. Jeez. Man, oh my goodness, that was church over there. Oh, we are at church. That worked. Um, thank you. Thank you, Alina. All right, so this is the part of the show where we're going to be recording, so other people will listen to it later, but it's really about y'all right here. So I'm excited to have you be in front of me as I'm talking to someone, not just see my wall in my closet. Uh, so the gals that I invited on today are Kat Lee. You can come up here and Winter Pits. Come on, ladies. Hi. 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 I pick safe people that I really like. Does that sound good? That makes me nervous. That makes you nervous? <laughs> It makes me feel like I want to be unsafe. You want to be unsafe? Oh, like, yeah. What funny Cat stories Lee. can I tell? Catly unsafe. Huh. Um, I would not have a GCM, God Center Mom, whatever you want to call it, podcast or site or anything if it wasn't for Kat. Uh, she is the wind beneath my wings, the coach extraordinaire. Your podcast mother. My, according to some gal out there, uh, her, my mother, a podcast mother. Um, yeah, Kat has uh, been a huge part of my story. You've probably all heard me talk about her a ton, and Hello Mornings is what she is behind. That's your 
What you're promoting most right now, I would say. Yes. 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 And then Winter Pits, I met in an elevator. That's why she's here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, uh, I did my extrovert thing on her in an, inner, in an elevator. I was desperately wanting to disappear and hoping that nobody saw me. And she turned around and was like, hey. <laughs> like, We're going to go eat. Come eat. And, I, and there was a crowd of like 20 people. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> her cousin had told me she was coming. So I had, I had my eyes out. And she had her tag. And it said winter. I was like, that's who I'm supposed to be looking for. So you're invited. Uh, and then we just we keep running into each other. And I, I love how both of these women are moms. They are great moms. I've seen them with their kids many times. It's one thing in this online world to talk about motherhood, talk about what you should do and all the, all the things that are the right things to do. It's another thing to live it out. And I know that they're not perfect, which is great, because I'm not perfect. Um, my mom's been living with us the last year. She knows it's a disaster at our house. This is not about being the perfect mom. That's not what God-centered mom means. It never has meant do these list of things and you'll get it right. It means letting go of those list of things and trusting God to get it right. And so I've found these women seek God. Um, Their stories didn't start off perfectly. I don't know if you guys have your really quick two-minute synopsis of your family history that you could share for those that aren't familiar. (laughs) Excuse us, old winter and I fight over who has to go first. Who has to go first? Okay. I'll go first. Cat goes first. So my uh, family story, two minutes on the clock, it's 7.57. Here we go. This is a game now. So I actually never knew my mom. She passed away when I was nine months old, and she was from the Philippines. And I grew up with my all-American dad and his um, Swedish-Dutch family. So, you know, I fit right in. Every time we went across the border, I'm from Brownsville, Texas. I need some people. Christina, Karis, I found some friends that are from Brownsville, Texas here. So every time we'd cross the border, the border security people would stop us because they're like, there's no way you go with them. (laughs) So Um, they didn't think you were with your own They didn't think I was with my dad. We got stopped all the time. Um, and so that's how much I look like my family. And so I never knew my mom, never knew that side of my family. And um, just through, honestly, through Hello Mornings, through blogging and podcasting, God took me on a compassion trip to the Philippines. Totally amazing story. And I got to meet my family for the first time. And I got to be surrounded by women who look like me. And it was just an amazing thing. And so, and it's really special for me to be here with my daughters as well. You know, I just love being in a room. I just see you guys as heroes. You were what I always wished I had and what I always had wanted. And I just think you guys are amazing. And I'm just honored to be here. So that's kind of my mom's story. You did it. Did. Yes. She does this. She sets little goals and she meets <laughs> them. So annoyingly great. All right, Winter. You do not have to compete against Kat. We have plenty no, of time. because I just wing it. And so I'm that's like, I, don't, I need to look at the clock. No, don't look at the um, clock. No. But no, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, in the inner city with just my mom. My dad was not around, not in the picture. He was actually addicted to drugs my whole life. And so I knew him, but I didn't really know him. And so just inner city girl. My mom raised my brother and I with my grandmother. And she uh, just did an amazing job of keeping me connected to his side of the family, so we were always really close with my entire family, grandparents, and so that was just a gift that God gave me um, all of these other people to fill in for that. But it's been extremely special now to kind of come full circle that I have four girls of my own and a husband that's great and just is looks like what this is supposed to look like, not perfect, but great. 
And um, just to come full circle now and be able to not only fill the void of, of knowing even what I was missing, but being able to see how he feels that now in my own girls and in our family and the way that he's kind of just restored um, this little girl in the inner city of Baltimore now with these four daughters that he's using for his kingdom. So, Thank you. So you see, they didn't come from the picture-perfect situation where everything's in line. And we always worry, like, am I doing it right? Are my kids going to turn out okay? And this is where we can show a testimony that ultimately God is the author and the perfecter of our lives. And he's the one who decides, who interacts with your life. But I'm sure along the way, just like all of us, uh, with this whole Don't Mom Alone theme, uh, I feel like it's re- a lot of women resonate with it because we often have moments of feeling alone in some way. And so what are some times in your story or even in motherhood where you felt alone, felt different maybe from everyone else? I went first last time. <laughs> Okay, I see how you're going to play this game. Um, No, for me, one of the, there's lots of little things along the way, but one of the biggest things for me is probably when um, I found out I was pregnant with twins after I already had two older kids. um, And just everything about that just looked very wrong. was grateful for, uh, you know, grateful, of course, for children, but just we weren't in the best financial situation. Um, I thought even just the move got moved us from East Coast, New Jersey to Dallas, and I thought that was for ministry purposes and these things that he was going to do, and then it was just a moment of me actually just being home with four kids, um, all under the age of five, and that felt very lonely because it seemed like people around me were doing things, and um, and I was doing something, but at the time it felt like I was just not. So, yeah. I think I felt alone kind of in the beginning of motherhood when you do mom type things. Because I grew up with my dad and my brother. And so being around girls and women in general made me feel uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't think I'm wearing the right thing. I don't think I'm doing the right thing or saying the right thing. And it's just been, uh, you know, and so I would go to mops things and I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm not doing the right thing. I I don't have no idea what I'm doing. I can't like call my mom and be like, am I mothering the right way? Because I'm going to go to this mops thing and I think people are going to be looking at me. And so just not having that reference, I think made me feel very lonely and very unsure of what I was doing. Yeah. I think I'm confident a lot of women women out here can resonate with that feeling of, one, what you said, Winter, when it feels like everyone's doing something. And here I am, stuck. Sometimes it can feel like a stuckness of being at home with little people. Uh, I think millennials, particularly millennial moms that I've talked to, have this feeling like everyone's out there doing stuff, whether they have a job outside the home or they have a non for profit or they're helping, you know, refugees in some way. They're doing all these amazing things and it feels like I'm wasting my time. So what would encouragement would you give to her having gone through that season? That you're not wasting your time. <laughs> um, and that often <clears throat> I think we prioritize so many other things, but actually being a mom is is a priority and God is using that very thing. And so um, there's a quote that's quoted really well by Andy Stanley, and I don't know it, but the version of it that I know. <laughs> that's good. 
that. Right. The version of it that I know is that um, sometimes the greatest thing that God wants to do with your life is not actually anything that you do, but it's in who you raise. Um, and so just remembering that each of our kids and our families and our lives like just have bigger purpose outside of our own comforts and um, desires, but that God actually is doing something for his kingdom with what he's given us. So It's very powerful. It's very powerful. And then I'm confident there's women who feel very insecure in social settings for a variety of reasons, whether they, it was the same as yours or not. It could have been they grew up in a foreign country and now they're in America and they don't know. Or for me, I'm like, I don't know Texas. Like, makeup all the time? Really? <laughs> <sighs> so <laughs> what, hel- what helped you? what helped you kind of with that insecurity and that not having a mom to turn to, was there another person that you turned to or what did you do in that season? Honestly, I think time has helped a lot. Like I often think back when, when my oldest Anna was teething, I remember being like, oh my gosh, I need to give her Tylenol. I need to put stuff on her teeth. And then by the time I had my third child, I was like, what's wrong with you? Suck it up, kid. Why are you crying? Oh, you're teething. And I just relaxed so much, you know, and he ended up being fine, but just you know, as, as, when I was a first-time mom, I just wanted to do everything, and then with the internet and Pinterest, and you need to do everything the exact right way, and there's all these different recommendations and ideas, you can just feel like you're always doing things wrong, and as I've gotten over, older, I mean, I have teenagers now, so I'm by no means, you know, out of the woods of being a great mom, but they're great kids, it's just me. Um, I've just realized, wow, so much of it just doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. All the little things that I stressed about, you know, whether her hand went off of the blanket and I had to move the blanket so it was covered by the blanket, you know, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. Just meeting with Jesus and being with him and he'll show you the things that matter. Everything else is kind of just a distraction. That's good. Thank you. Um, One of the parts of Don't Mom Alone is to make sure you have the mentors in your life and to make sure you have the friends. Were there any women or older women in your life that really spoke to you in those seasons of insecurity and doubt and feeling not satisfied? Yeah, I guess I'm on this just go first that we're doing. <laughs> go with no, that. she took over. Um, yeah, I think can think of two different sets. One is um, an older aunt of mine, and I'm from Baltimore, so we say aunt, not aunt, just like this Texas makeup thing. Like, <laughs> aunts are actually things on the ground. but um, Aunt. My aunt, actually, it was, and I'll tell this little story because it was actually with Alina, uh, who now is, you know, 13, and it all worked out. But I remember just stressing out because she was kind of a terrible baby. She just <laughs> cried constantly. And, I, and it no. just, I was convinced that, like, she was, there was a problem. Like, but there was never a problem. She just cried, and she was just really angry at me all the time. <laughs> Um, and so I remember we still lived in New Jersey at the time and I would just drive down to Baltimore to my aunt and just kind of drop her, like just, she needs help. And I remember my aunt looking at me and just saying, <laughs> cause she was clearly, she was the problem, not my 23 year old, don't know how to be a mother self. It was clearly this baby needed help. And, um, my aunt just kind of would say to me like, oh, she's going to be just fine. You know, just things that she would just say and she would just say, she's just frustrated. She's like, she's just frustrated because she already knows what she wants and she can't tell you. Or just these little things that, and she would just take the baby and let me go for a nap. Like, and that was a big deal to me. I would drive an hour and a half from my home to somebody else's house to take a nap. (laughs) And that meant a lot. (laughs) That was like, 
So just um, having her there and then just having friends that not necessarily were mentors, but that we were all just in it together. So the conversation first thing in the morning often went like, what are we going to do until noon, which is lunch time, which is lunch and then nap. Right. So it was basically like, how can we hang out to wear these kids out until it was time to right. lay them down? Um, and so just having friends. So like mentors that spoke with and also just being surrounded, like getting involved with Mops and just where I could find a pocket of friends that were willing to be in the journey. And even if they didn't have answers, we could just cry about it together. That was yeah. a big deal. That's good. I think for me, you know, I always wanted someone to come knock on my door and be like, hi. I hear that you're a young mother and I would like to mentor you and teach you all the ways. <laughs> and it never happened and it was a little disappointing. Um, and I was the oldest of my friends. Well, I wasn't the oldest. I was the first one to have kids. And so I didn't necessarily have older friends to kind of walk me through stuff. And so honestly, you know, I mean, you might be in the same situation. I just had to be like, you. <laughs> you have good kids. You're older than me. Can we have lunch? You, I like the way you do, do this or do that. And for a long time, I thought that I needed to find like the perfect mentor person who did everything that I wanted to do. And then I realized, oh, I can kind of just piecemeal a mentor. You know, I like the way she does this, the way they do that. And, you know, sometimes you just have to be proactive. We didn't have any family nearby or anything that could, you know, watch the baby while, you know, I took a nap or anything like that. <laughs> like My husband winter. worked from home, though, so oh, that was helpful. Goodness. But, you know, sometimes you just have to be proactive. You have to go and look for it. Sometimes it's just not going to come to you. And going and looking for it, you can build amazing friendships and amazing relationships. And, and sometimes as well with friends, I'd be like, okay, we need to have a book club. And we're just going to get together and have a book club. And we meet to this day. My kids make fun of me because we don't actually read books in our book club. But. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's fine. an amazing book club. But, you know, sometimes you just you have to You could rename be, it. I'm you just saying. You could rename it. It's no, like we like club. book club because our, our spouses and our children enjoy laughing at us calling okay. it book club. So. Um, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's okay. If you're not, nobody's like bringing you in, be the one to bring other people in. And you can build amazing friendships that way. I like that. I think what you said is very important, and I probably heard it from you because I've said it to other people. That like not one older woman has to be all the things that you want to be, but think about where is one area that you're struggling, and how is that woman maybe really excelling in that area, and what could you learn from her? She could be an, your same age, actually, and be a mentor if it's something that she's maybe doing better in an area of life she's excelling. And we heard um, Townsend, is that who we heard here? He gave great advice that it doesn't have to be a weekly thing. That kind of takes the pressure off for the mentor uh, that it could be a once a month or it could be a biannual, it could be a check-in to kind of have that person in your life but not have the pressure that you need to be talking to them every single week. So I like that idea. And then the book club we do offer the GCM Podcast Club. There you go. So that's an excuse. And you you totally hit on it. Like people aren't necessarily going to knock on your door and you may not get invited, but you can be the inviter. You can be the one to create the thing that you want to see. And so that's good encouragement. And then I think even like being the one now, like having older kids, like being or making sure that you're the one that offers that out, um, knowing what you needed or wanted, I just think that's a big deal too, to make sure that you are offering that like to a mom who doesn't even necessarily know. Like, Oh, I see what you're saying. Like now that you have older kids, you could offer like, it to a mom. I'll let you take a nap. Come take a nap at my house. Mm. A short nap. Can I come take a, a nap? nap. <laughs> Will you watch the four boys? <laughs> 
and I'm I gonna think take a you nap. fall into the older mom category. <laughs> <laughs> but they fight and they're loud. Okay. All right. Well, fine. And deals off then. Um, I uh, okay. So, any, who has gotten the Paul David Tripp New Morning Mercies devotional? I'm just gonna call you out. Okay, like three people. So now. I wish, I mean, if I had a million dollars, I would have been Oprah, and you, you get a copy, and you get a copy. Uh, Lindsay Lancaster bought my copy right when my dad passed away, and it is literally the best thing. I don't like devotionals typically, because a super spiritual person is supposed to read the Bible for themselves. This is what the seminary tells you. I don't want other people to read the Bible for me and tell me what it says. I want to read for myself. But Paul David Tripp's devotional is unbelievable. So ask for it for Christmas or give it as a gift and people will love you forever. Um, But he's so good at taking scripture and taking these high theological ideas and bringing them down to the level that you live. And then he does put scripture at the bottom so you can read the Bible for yourself and be super spiritual. Um, But I cheated and read tomorrow's. I read tomorrow's entry. I know. So naughty. So naughty. And it's, uh, it was all about being alone. Literally, I'm going to read you some of the quotes. It says, don't forget to remind yourself again today that as God's child, you simply cannot be alone no matter what you feel. And he said, if you're God's child, don't ever tell yourself you're alone for alone is a redemptive impossibility. The grace of Jesus Christ reconciles us to God and in doing so reconciles us to one another so that we will never be alone again. You're stuck with me for eternity, people. (laughs) Um, We have gone from hopeless and alone. If you read Genesis 3, it's all about separation from God. It's all about children being painful, (laughs) the curse, and having to have our husbands and all of these horrible things. And now, (laughs) did I say that all together? Yeah, I did. I do that a lot. Um, Now we're reconciled and inhabited by God, and therefore we can never be alone again. Like, we're right with God, and he's right inside us. I mean, I love all of that, and so I know y'all love Jesus. You too. So not only are we not alone because we can have mentors and we can have friends, but we have God in us, and we have God around us. Um, We're in him. How do you remember that when kids smear poop on the walls? How do you remember that... When everyone's fighting and screaming, or now you're in teenage years, it's a whole other story. But no, there's still lots of fighting and screaming. It's different. It's different. Rushing. No fighting at their house. The kids are here. The kids are here. Um, How do you all remind yourself of the truth that God is with you, that you're in God? And you know, I think honestly, sometimes feeling alone can be a blessing. Like for me, I think it was because because when I was struggling as a young mom, because I didn't have a mom to call or, you know, the magical mother mentor fairy to call. (laughs) Um, I called on Jesus. And that's, you know, how I started waking up early and started meeting with him in the morning because I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. For all I know, I could totally mess these kids up. I need you. And just being a mom (laughs) reminded me that I needed Jesus. And that feeling of feeling alone and feeling unsure pushed me to him. And so, honestly, I'm kind of thankful for it. I'm thankful that, that um, I didn't have other people to run to because my personality, I would run to them. I'd be like, okay, affirm what I'm saying and how I'm feeling and tell me what to do. And since I didn't have that, I was like, Jesus. And that's exactly what I needed. So sometimes motherhood, I think, honestly, just yeah. pushes us to him. This is a good time to talk about Hello Mornings then. 
Okay. Talk about it. If they haven't heard me, like, gush over and over in my Hello Mornings. So Hello Mornings is just an online community where our heart is just to help women start each day with Jesus in a super grace-filled way. You know, it's not like you have to sit down and read for an hour or read through the Bible in a year. It's just, you can just be just waking up and praying a verse and starting the day with Jesus. I, I like to think of it in the sense of, like, my girls, when we're rushing out the door for the day, if they're like, Mom, can I have a quick hug? I'm not like sorry, you know what, I can't sit down and have tea with you right now, so I'm just going to not even acknowledge you. I'm just going to keep going and not look at you because we can't have meaningful time right now. And I would never do that to my girls, but we do that to God so much. You know, we can run through our day, and we just don't connect with Him. And so Hello Mornings is really all about reminding women about the grace of just connecting with Him. First thing, be like, Jesus, I love you. Whether I have 30 minutes to spend with you right now or three seconds, I'm going to give that to you, and I'm going to connect with you first day, first thing, because I need you um, today. And so that's kind of what the heart of what Hello Mornings is. And you have a podcast. And I have a podcast called Hello Mornings, and so we talk about all kinds of fun stuff. We had Carrie Job on there a while back, and actually, so her Skype thing was on my phone, and my girls were like, can I, can I click call? Can I click call? I was like, no. <laughs> no, we cannot call Carrie Job whenever we want to. <laughs> And you help talk through, like, people that are night owls and yes. how to build a habit yeah. because I know you bring up, yeah, wake up early. All you moms have so much sleep and time. Right, right. And you're so shiny. And it's really the opposite of, of that. It's the opposite of waking up super early. It's really the heart of just starting with him. And I get really nerdy, so I love learning about habit building, and I love scientific studies on <laughs> how to, you know, how to create change and all this sort of stuff. And so that's kind of what the podcast is about. How do we, how do we live our life following Jesus, and then planning in our, our day around the fact that we're following Jesus, and then making healthy choices, not so we can fit into a certain outfit or see a certain number on the scale, but so that we can follow Jesus with the energy and, and the joy that um, we can walk in his calling with. And so we talk about all those things on Hello Morning's podcast. And I have a really awesome occasional co-host on that podcast. It's true. She's amazing. She is. <laughs> She's really a mess, and she needs your coaching. <laughs> Um, yes, I will be on the podcast sometimes. Uh, talking about my blardigans. <laughs> have you just, told them about your blardigans? I don't know. Have I told you about my blardigan? Some no. people know Can about the blardigan. Can you tell us about that? I've bought my mom a blardigan when she moved in with me because everybody needs to have a blardigan. It's a really soft cardigan that's like a blanket and a cardigan together. Some people, wear, I've seen people wear them in carpool line. So it's not just a wear at home thing, I guess. But it's, it's like, like a, a super snuggie. comfy, is it Barefoot Dreams? That's it, Barefoot Dreams. But beware, if you look it up on Nordstrom.com or whatever it is, she might be wearing just lingerie underneath it. So cover the screen for your children. But like it's super comfy. Ask for that for Christmas too. Is it like a shawl? or like It's like what a cardigan, we... like long, but it's made of bamboo or something unbelievable. She looks at me like bamboo is hard and stiff and grows <laughs> Philippines. No, it's not that kind of bamboo. Like, it's soft bamboo. It's amazing. Uh, can you please post a picture for us or something so that we can... I need a new one, yeah. I'll post my mom's because mine is really not as soft. Yeah. It's great. Back to the show. That was not a sponsored anything. They aren't paying me anything to talk about the Blard again. How do you remember God in your day-to-day? That's what we were talking oh, about. I was like, what? What, what are we talking, talking I'm just, about? I'm like, Lena, can you go to Nordstrom's real quick and look this up for me? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yes. How do you remember in the midst of the crazy? 
that you know what? There. It's funny because now, and my kids are not super old, but they're eight. My twins are eight, ten, and then I have a thirteen-year-old. And now I find myself remembering God um, more and more as I'm telling them what I'm expecting from them. Because I'm, you know, like, you guys aren't being kind or, you know, where's your compassion or where's your whatever. And that has caused me to just kind of look in more and ask myself. And God is like using that and those words to be like, where's your kindness? <laughs> where's your? Um, and so it, it's kind of been a weird place to be because that's how I've been. It's I can almost just hear as I talk to them, I can just hear God's voice. And it also changes the way that I talk to them because I know that God's not like, you aren't being kind of that. You know what I mean? Like, so it's changed the way um, that I've been able to to kind of connect and, and feel God in our home just because I know what he's expecting from me because I'm expecting it from my girls. And so when they were younger, though, it was not, it was a lot like cats, but it was um, not as pretty. I w- it was a like, what did you do to me? You know, like where, like God, where are you? Like kind David, of. In the, David <laughs> yeah, in the Psalms, like, like a crying out, like they're trying to kill so, me. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They really were. Um, so it was that though, but it was, and so I agree with just those moments just brought me closer, not out of, because I just didn't have any other options. It was like, what, what else am I going to do here? Like, there's nothing else I can do except cry about this and um, my own tears were not going to do anything. And so it was that desperation that brought me closer. And so now just as it's grown a little bit, it's been that same voice of love and comfort and um, his uh, desire for me has come out just in the way that I'm expecting it from my girls. It's very good, y'all. So it, can you see, too, as they're talking, like, that motherhood wasn't easy? Like, doesn't that just feel nice? Like, because sometimes you can get this idea in your head when you picture that mom. You always, there's that mom, and we all have her, and we've combined basically the best of all of our friends and made one person. And all of their Instagram pictures that and just all look their perfect and happy. And all of that, and, and she's there, and she loves it, and she's happy to be there, and happy to make all the crafts, and happy to uh, bake all the cookies, and, and all have, the costumes, and, and the, the teacher costumes. appreciation gifts. She's having a ball. She is having a ball. Um, just to know that it is hard actually relieves that guilt, and then can help you enjoy it because you're not putting yourself under that pressure that not only do I have to do it well, I have to enjoy it. Oh, my stars. It's too much pressure. Um, I did ask for questions from listeners. Are you ready? Because I know know that you know it all. Like I just set you all up to say that you know how to be great, amazing moms. Um, I think we said the total opposite. I know. I know. I'm kidding. I was joking. Um, okay, let's start with this one, since we were kind of talking about the little years. What do you wish you'd known when you were at the stage of having young kids at home that would have helped you parent better? Well, I think I alluded it to, alluded to it earlier. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, that you just, I was uptight. I, I really, truly, the blanket story was legit. My, Anna was on a blanket, and it was a yellow blanket, and her arm extended beyond the comfort zone of the blanket. And this is on my own floor, in my own living room. This wasn't at some strange place. This was in my house. And I went and got another blanket and placed it under her arm. I mean, I was, you know, I think because I didn't have the mom to say, okay, relax, you don't have to do everything perfectly. I just just like, okay, whatever Dr. Sears says or whatever, all, I had all these books, and I just thought I had to do all the things. And, you know, when I think back on that, I stressed myself out. I probably stressed my kids out and everyone around me out. And so if I could go back and tell that version of me anything, it's just that, you know, 
all those things. You don't have to do everything perfectly, not by any stretch of the imagination. Just, you know, you know what your kids need. You, you know, you might not feel like it, but if you just sit down, calm all the voices, tune them out, you know what your children need, and you don't need to run around ragged trying to do all the things that you think that they need. Because I heard this really great quote from an amazing person, um, should is not a sustainable why. Mm, that's a great quote. From Miss Heather McFadden. Is that not good? Have you, have you said that on the show? Should is not a sustainable why. Explain that. Why so I, that? I should have a Pinterest perfect party because that would show that I love and care for my kids. I should take them to their doctor's appointments every year exactly on time. I should do all these things that maybe I don't do, but should is not a sustainable why. It's not a sustainable motivation for us to actually keep doing these things. We have to have the internal motivation. It has to actually be important to us. I hate throwing birthday parties. You know, I'm all about, let's go to the park and have pizza, and that's the extent of what I enjoy doing. I just want to see them run around and play and get dirty. And so I just... You know, pin that up on your wall. Should is not a sustainable why. Put that on your phone. That would have been profound for me. That's good. I'm glad that I was helpful to you. Thank you. There's that book, Start With Why. Is that what it's called? Yes. Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. And it's all about knowing why you're doing something. What's the point? Um, And for, for me, I'm very fully present. I'm not a futuristic thinker. That's why I needed a help planning I don't like to think about what that's going to look like in the future. I'm like, right now. I just want to be right now. And so when my kids ask me what we're doing in five minutes, I cannot handle that. Or 10 minutes, I cannot handle that. So to think about a why, it's hard for me to think about why am I doing it. So why did I sign them up for soccer again? (laughs) And if I don't have a good reason, like, well, it's really good for our family, or he really enjoys it, it's just the should. I should sign him up for soccer at 18 months. That's what everyone's doing. Everyone's doing that. Then when you're like tugging those really tight soccer socks up, because he can't do it at 18 months, you do it at 18 months, with the, sh- the, she- the shin guard, shin yeah, guard. Sh- 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 the shin guard, and they're complaining that they're uncomfortable, and they itch, and all that stuff, and you're like screaming, and then they come back, and they're muddy. You chose that. That's not sustainable. <laughs> That's not going to be a sustainable why, but um, yes, thank you for quoting me to me. That's good. Um, what, would have, what, what do you wish you would have known? Back when you had young kids, I think along the same lines, but just um, I think you, I think I anyway spent so much time wishing that it was something else that I missed what it was, mm. um, and so I think you do that. It's easy to do a lot of that, just wishing that it was something else. Like I wish that she was a happier baby. <laughs> like <laughs> I wish that you know I wish that it looked different, and then I you miss being able to enjoy what it actually is. So I think letting go of some of that wanting perfection or these expectations and just enjoying it for what it is. That's good. It's good advice you just gave this mom. She's out there. Um, Okay. All right. So this one, tell me if you have any answers for this. What do you do if you feel like your school-aged child doesn't have enough friends or maybe your child doesn't have the right friends? Oh, my gosh. This is actually... Did I send you this question? No. See, you're not alone. You're not alone. No, I am having this exact question right now. My very, I know, I'm getting ready to turn the, I'm going to ask you. No. (laughs) My very social 10-year-old does not have a good community. And and I'm trying to, I don't, I'm trying to figure that out right now. And do you put the blame on yourself? Do you feel like, what did I do wrong? Or 
No, not what did I do wrong, but do I need to, is this a situation where I need to intervene and kind of create community for her? Or what strength is this building in her and is it better right now that she is kind of um, standing out as kind of an outsider in the environment that she's in? So I'm, I'm walking through that and knowing though, is this something that God wants to build in her? Um, but she also built her so social. And so do I need to create another environment for her? I have that with my 10-year-old who's my most social, my most social. And I kind of wonder if it's God teaching him that you can't depend on that for your significance. I don't know. I, I never know what God's teaching my kids. But Cat Lee has all the answers. So Cat Lee, we bring it to you. The funny thing is, I was actually talking about this with my daughter on the way up, because when you have teenagers, you kind of need to run all the stories by them before you talk in front of them and then have to drive two hours home with them. <laughs> Very wise. That's good advice. So I was like, so can I tell this? So um, I would say, you know, I don't necessarily have advice on what you should or shouldn't do, but again, it's kind of the, maybe don't stress about the friendship things when they're young. Just kind of let it be what it is. She had, she changed schools at the seventh grade, I guess. And so she, you know, she had went to a private school before that with a little group of friends and, you know, fine friends, nothing like lifelong bonding. And then went to um, middle school and, you know, was fine, maybe a little not awesome friendships. And then we homeschooled for the eighth grade year. And then when she got to high school, she's now in just this amazing group of friends. Like, I just, I adore them. They, like, give wisdom to one another on situations. And I'm like, I'm so thankful. You're like my other little mothers, <laughs> you know, encouraging each other on what to do. And they're just a really wonderful group of friends. But she didn't find that until she was a freshman in high school. And all the people that were in and out of her life in those earlier years you know, she doesn't really see them anymore. It's not a big deal anymore. And now she has friends that I think, you know, are just going to be lifelong friends for her. And so, you know, yeah, I don't we'll take that for whatever it is, but it's been, yeah. I think there's, there's another pressure um, from, maybe it's from society that we do need to have these friend networks and community for each of our kids. And if you have two kids, sometimes you can have that run your whole family is you make sure that you're making all the play dates and doing all the things so that your kids feel loved and have these communities. Um, but I don't know how, how many friends you still talk to. Some, I mean, this is Dallas. Everybody knows each other. They've all been going, I don't know. They all go to school here and they go to college here and they work here. They just live here. But I know a few people from my childhood, but um, they their parents were my parents' friends. That I, I don't know that it's a necessity to make a good childhood. Um, I think that they are pretty content to have a few good friends. I don't know. I don't have a great answer, but I think setting your expectations to trust God and know that he's doing something. I think what I've learned a lot through our little 12-step recovery program is staying in your hoop, Vila, staying in your hoop and not trying to over-control your children's lives and try to manipulate them, but also, like you said, how much am I responsible to orchestrate and how much am I supposed to step back is where you have to get guidance from God. Um, but not not over-controlling, thinking we know best for our kids, thinking, well, they should have five friends. Maybe they're a one-friend kind of kid. I mean, they might not be a five. One of my sons is definitely not 
the party animal guy. He's like a one friend, maybe two kind of guy. And I've just learned to accept that, and he's happiest in that. So birthday parties are like that. It's just, it's good. It's much better that way. All right, let's see. We're doing another one. Um, Okay, this is a little heavier. Y'all ready for heavy? I do heavy. I make you cry. Um, Okay, so my mom, this is, this. I'm telling you, ready? You laughed, and now I'm going to make you cry. My mom passed away from lung cancer two weeks before my six-month-old was born. I struggle with anxiety over something happening to my baby and fear of losing him, too. I also struggle with enjoying the season of life because I'm still in the thick of it with grief. And then there's mom's shame and guilt for not appreciating every ounce of motherhood. It's everything I wanted and more, but I want my mom to be around for it. With the holidays coming up, how would you recommend including my mom's memory in our new family traditions? So there's a lot there. I know grieving when you're a mom is very hard. I know that personally. I know um, anxiety and fear of losing people you love. I don't know if you all have dealt with that. Um, And then just, you know, traditions if you have lost someone. So anything you all want to add to that question? I think the only thing I'll just say that I relate to is that since my, this is an irrational fear, which I guess fears are generally irrational, but when, since my mom died when I was nine months old, every time my kid approached the nine month mark, I just kind of had this internal fear. I was like, oh, you know, this is going to happen to me or that's going to happen to me. And um, I, I don't remember where it was in the whole scheme of it, but at one point I got back a you know, I, I had one of those uh, certified letters come to my door, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I never had one of those, and so I signed off on it, and I opened it up, and it said that, you know, some test had come back bad. And so I was just like, this is, this is it. It's going to happen to me just like it happened to my mom. Totally irrational. And I really dealt with fear for, you know, we live in the 2000s, and I can send a text message to somebody on the other side of the world, but for some reason, medical tests medical tests <laughs> require yeah. like a week or something. You're like, why does it take so long? And I just went through every up and down during the course of that, and it eventually took me to this place where I was like, okay, Jesus, the only way I'm going to be okay with this fear is when I get to the point where I just am like, okay, Jesus, whatever brings you the most glory. What And, and you know, I, I didn't mean it when I said it, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. But I was like, okay, I want to mean this. Whatever is going to bring you the most glory is what I want to happen. Because I can't bring hope or healing or encouragement or I can't be the best mom for my kids if that's not the thing that's going to bring you the most glory. And so... I feel like when I dealt with that particular fear, I just needed to get to that point in order to overcome that fear. Like there's an old English proverb that said, um, fear knocked at the door, love answered, and no one was there. And so, you know, I think just as we deal with those fears, getting to that point of like, okay, God, whatever brings you the most glory, even if you don't mean it, (laughs) just say it and pray it and just kind of dwell there for a while. And um, it really makes those fears go away. At least it did for me. Good, thank you. And I would say that sometimes I think we um, have a tendency to um, feel like we need to be better when we're not. Mm. Um, and even just in the fears, like I love how you say, just even if you don't believe it yet, just sit there. But just acknowledge, like God already knows. Like, and I think He, I think uh, instead of trying to, I'm supposed to be happy right now for my six month old, and I'm supposed to be happy for the holidays, like, just taking that very thing to God and just that you're not right now. 
Um, but being honest with him with where you are and letting him meet you in that place instead of trying to make it so that you can then be for him, like so that then you can provide this environment. But really just this is kind of, I may kind of real, like this is just what it is right now, Lord. Like here I am and I'm a mess right now and I just need you to take that and meet me there. And just giving yourself permission to do that and giving him um, credit for being good and that he wants to meet you there. Um, so I don't know, that's just a very hard. And then as far as traditions, you know, my, just, it does, maybe if there's something that, um, the family member, in this case, the mom, if there was something that she did that meant a lot, that you can just take one of those things and just implement it now that, you know, in, with your own, if it's a story that she read to you or, um, just something that you know would make her happy, even if it doesn't fit with holidays, mm -hmm. but just something that you can include that is something totally, outside of even Christmas, but just something that reminds you of her, just doing it at that time. That's good. That's good. This, uh, this Christmas was when my dad was very sick, and that was hard, but it also made me realize that the traditions we had in place, the things that he loved, the things that he got excited about, we were doing even though he couldn't participate. They were already set in stone. They were already integrated into our family. And it was really good to have him there, but he wasn't fully participating because I knew this is going to keep going. The legacy has already been set. Um, trust that. There are things probably you're already doing as a family that you don't even realize is so different from everybody else, but it is. What you eat on holidays, what you, where you go, when you dress up, when you don't, when you, all the little things that your little quirky family does is setting tradition and legacy into your homes. It doesn't have to be a fancy star from afar or um, elf on a shelf. It can be just being together and reading one story or we watch It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, that's whatever is your family's thing is setting um, legacy for your family. And so I think we're going to wrap it up. And with uh, that, she got to talk about Hello Mornings. You want to talk about... I was wondering. I'm I know. Still... Let's talk about, <laughs> before we totally close the show, tell us about your book, She Is Yours. What, why did you write it, and what do you hope a gal reading it gets from it? Um, I think it's, it's, we wrote it because we very much, my husband and I wrote this book together, She Is Yours, and it started off with a 30-day um, prayer thing that we were going to do with my, with, on our website. And it was just going to be these 30 prayers that we were going to write and have people join us um, in praying these things for our daughters. And we did these prayers. Maybe it was about five or six years ago. Um, and slowly as we started doing those prayers, it really turned into all the things that I could be afraid about or worried about or wanting to control or wanting to be different. We just were praying about those things. And it really just turned into a mentality and kind of a lifestyle for us that um, instead of being kind of hopeless and kind of trying to maneuver and make our kids these certain things, just really realizing that they are not really ours, that God gave them to us. And for me, it's girls, so that's why she is yours, because I don't have Could I read boys. it? Am I allowed to open it? Or is there you're a code to you have it. to put their social security number in, prove it's a girl? Well, you're allowed to open it. Just skip where to wherever it says Jonathan, because he's a boy, so I think maybe he talks about some boy stuff. Okay. All right. Know. Okay. But, no, we've actually heard that parents are, are saying the prayer and doing it um, with boys and girls, but for us, it's just girls. So anyway, just a reminder that our kids don't belong to us, but that we do play a part in stewarding them, and we're just supposed to be the bridge that leads them back to, to their creator, to God. Um, and so we can't own anything that happens in their lives, but all we can do is pray about it 
and um, do what God's telling us to do for them, for him. That's so. good. That's good. That's exactly what I wrote down here. I did. I said I wanted the people that come to be reminded that and be better equipped to know whose child they are, that you are God's child, and who's ultimately caring for your child, that they are, they are God's. You are his. You are his. That's She's good. yours. You're his. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, thank you all for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you all for being a good studio audience. So good. So I thought it'd be fun. Um, I mentioned the GCM Podcast Club to have many GCM Podcast Clubs at each of your tables. So you have a mentor there. You have a little group of seven gals plus mentor, eight, maybe less. Anyway, I have discussion questions. Brandon's going to pull up. Um, what times and in what ways have you felt alone? Who's helped you feel less alone? What could you do this week to remember you are in God and he's in you? Or you could just talk about anything else that these ladies brought up that you just want to, that you're processing and you want to talk through. Or if you just want to get insight from the mentor at your table on an issue that's just really hard right now, feel free to do that. Um, and y'all have till like nine o'clock and then you'll hear from me again. So talk amongst yourselves. I did want to say one more thank you that I forgot to thank my mom. My mom has been living with us and has been dealing with the boys and has been taking care of them while I do stuff. So these are for you. Thank you. Love you. I couldn't be a mom if you weren't my mom. So there's that. (laughs) She was like a millennial before millennials were a thing. She had her own garden. She made her own pasta. She homeschooled me. She did all those things back in the 70s. So... She's a great mom. She did a great job discipling me, and um, she did not come from a home where faith was a thing. So to me, she's an inspiration for any of you that did not grow up in faith-based homes, that your children can be like me. (laughs) They'll stand on your shoulders of your faith. You don't have to do it perfectly and exactly right. Just the fact that you're following God, He will be faithful in your children's lives, and they will pursue him all of their days. That's my hope and prayer for each of you. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's all. Go make friends. Thanks for coming. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.